everyone. Happy holidays and welcome to Blue Bros 2. This time it's personal. I am Brandon and with me is Caleb. Caleb, uh, what's going on? It's Merry Christmas, you jerk. <laughs> I'm trying to cover all of our bases this year. You know, I usually say Merry Christmas, but you never know. We could have some people celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything like that going on right now. So I know I'm I'm just messing with you. Somebody had to say it, so I was just getting it out of the way. <laughs> No, you're just a jerk, so I am. That's why you had to say it. That's right. That's what I'm here for. Uh, just to be the thorn in my side. This is my job. The, you're, I here get... the, you're here to be the, the cousin Eddie to my Clark Griswold. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm going to come over and park in your driveway and poop in your sewer, so... So, what have you been watching? Uh, well, a little bit more of an interesting week uh, for me. Um, got a couple things to talk about here. Uh, first one, uh, we talked about, I think I already talked about how I watched the one you recommended, the cold case one. Yeah. Yeah. So, in follow-up with that, we found this one called The Confession Tapes. Okay. Um. If you like Cold Case, I would recommend the confession tapes. But honestly, at the same time, uh, at the same time, you might get really mad and upset. <laughs> essentially, oh, yeah. yeah, essentially, this is where examples of where the justice system completely failed and ruined some people's lives. Oh, man. Um, the first, uh, I mean, granted, most of them are kind of like, uh, you know, where everything points to like this person shouldn't have been convicted of anything. Like they really didn't do it. Plus there wasn't enough evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there were, there are some you watch where you're kind of like, uh, uh, they might not be guilty. They might be guilty. It's kind of tough to tell. So the first one's really interesting though, because it was a big case out in Washington, uh, that involved, um, some people that were between Canada and Washington. So it like was all this international stuff. Okay. But uh, yeah, after that, they get really interesting. There were a couple where I just like, I could not believe it. And I, <laughs> it's the type of show where I'm going to make my kids watch it when they get older and just be like, you need to watch this so that you know what not to do. If you ever get involved in anything. <laughs> <sighs> so don't be an idiot. <laughs> yes. Well, most like, I mean, it, it's really interesting because you think about it and when you watch it and it's just like, yeah, you know, a lot of times people wouldn't think about this. Um, and then they get in a situation and then it just kind of like spirals out of control there. But at the same time, I've always been of the um, understanding if I am ever questioned by police outside of, you know, Simple traffic ticket, something, you know, whatever, nothing serious, mm -hmm. um, no big deal. But if it's something that gets into a serious realm, especially considering all these involve some kind of murder, kidnapping, something, yeah, you get a lawyer. Even if you're innocent, you get a lawyer because sometimes, as is the case with almost every episode of this, the police are sometimes just out there to pin it on, like, to be able to find someone to put in jail. Mm -hmm. 
and like it's insane some of these situations so um yeah if you like the cold case stuff the confession tapes probably is kind of up your alley too um so we watched all that i think it's like two seasons there's like six or eight episodes in a season um the other one that we watched was uh the new ryan reynolds movie six underground Hmm. uh you know what i'm talking about actually no i don't oh well it's a new movie on netflix from ryan reynolds and uh it's an action movie and it is way over the top like stallone in 87 uh more so than stallone I have not, so I have not seen Deadpool. I, I just haven't yet. I'm going to sometime either Deadpool movie, but somebody that I talked to that um, has seen them said, oh man, you know, it's so much like Deadpool. It would have been interesting to see what, how people would have reacted to Ryan Reynolds being this kind of character before Deadpool. Like if this movie came out before Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, inter- definitely entertaining a lot of action, lots of violence, lots of language. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, entertaining. It's a little difficult to follow at the begin, uh, uh, in, in the first half of the movie, I would say. Because they kind of do part of this, you know, explaining a little bit of who people are. The characters that you've just met. But the mm-hmm. opening scene is insane. Like just, they try to give you one of the craziest action scenes that you've ever seen in a movie sequence. I think, gosh, I think it was like 20, was it 20 minutes? I think the opening scene. Wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, like if you like action movies and if you like Ryan Reynolds or whatever, it was pretty good. So it's not like, um, anybody's going to win a Oscar or anything, but, yeah, Rock. but spe- but speaking of award-winning movies, one last thing I'll mention before we move along is I also uh, watched half of The Fiddler on the Roof, so classic right there. Nice. Trying to expand your horizons a little bit. Uh, it's actually kind of funny that you say that, because we called it our culture night, being cultured. Yeah. So my wife had never seen the movie, and one of uh, we had somebody spend the night with us, and we it came up in conversation like a couple years ago. Um, and the two of us were talking about it. My wife was completely left out cause she didn't know the movie. So we're like, Oh, one day we're going to watch that movie. So we <laughs> watched, uh, the first half of the movie and I forgot that it was so long that I had an intermission. And even on DVD, like it has the intermission part in it. Oh, wow. And so when it got to that part, we're like, eh, yeah, we're good. We're done. So, so, so I literally fast forward through the second half of the movie and explain to my wife what was happening. And then I was like, there you go. There's that. (laughs) Just thunder gun through the second half. Yeah. I mean, the first, if anybody knows that the first half of that movie is the best, uh, part anyways, uh, or the more entertaining part. And, uh, also the happier part the second half is the sad part, but, uh, a, a real quick kind of interesting thing. I don't know if anyone will reach out after this. Uh, have you seen the movie, Brandon? I have not. Okay. Well, it's the Fiddler on the Roof. The title of it is used as a metaphor, but there's an actual fiddler in the movie who's 
on the roof at different occasions through the movie. And for the first time ever, because I, I saw it, I don't know, I feel like this is like the fourth time I've seen it because I watched it several times when I was younger um, with my parents. I don't know if the Fiddler is actually really a character in the movie or if he's like in the figma of the imagination of the main character. Mm-hmm. So, and I tried Googling it to find out if there's like a right answer or not. So if anybody listening happens to know the answer or know where I should look, uh, feel free to reach out to us and let us know because now I'm intrigued. But anyways, so that was a lot. What about you, Brandon? <laughs> Mine's going to be a lot shorter. Um, you know, we've just been watching some Christmas stuff. Uh, we watched the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus 2. Uh, we watched It's a Wonderful Life the other night, Caleb's favorite Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> we watched Elf. Uh, we watched <laughs> the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Which I saw a funny um, comparison review from Cinemassacre where they compared uh, the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie and the killer Jack Frost movie. Nice. <laughs> Which came out like a year apart. <laughs> uh, it's pretty hilarious. They're like, who would win in a fight? The snowman from the Michael Keaton one or the killer one? <laughs> It's, it, I don't know, it's pretty hilarious. It just reminds me of like convers- stupid conversations that you and I have. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, other than that, um, not too much. I, I watched a little bit of um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, and really, that's that's about it. Maybe a couple episodes of The Office here and there. But nice. um, I actually did see um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in the theater <laughs> on Thursday night. Get out. So of that, yeah, that was a good time. But we will talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. Uh, first things first, though, we have our first segment, which is Did You Know? So, the Did You Know random fact of the week. It is my turn, and um, I feel like it kind of goes good with the weather that we had today. Um, you know, for those of you who are not in Michigan, though, it actually got up to like 50 degrees today, yeah, which is just like insane for December. <laughs> <laughs> and like, man, I had, you know, just like a t-shirt on with a spring jacket and I didn't even have to have it zipped up. So that so, was yeah. pretty awesome. Did you wear shorts? Uh, no, I didn't, but I did see people in shorts and it just made me laugh. I'm like, that's Michigan right there for you in a nutshell. Yep. (laughs) But, uh, my did you know fact of the week is, did you know the center of the sun is 27 million degrees Fahrenheit? I may have heard that at one point in time, but definitely did not remember it, so... That is that is one that could come up that people might need to know. That is a little warm, if you ask me. Yes. <laughs> a little bit toasty. And definitely feeling that heat today. Because now all the snow's gone, so we're probably not gonna have a white Christmas. You know what? I'm I'm not too broken up over that. 
Me either. Well, you know, we're just going to wind up paying for it in like January and February. So. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to get those days where it's like negative 20 degrees out and we get like a foot of snow that we have to shovel out of our driveways and want to blow our brains out in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll take all the warm weather I can get for now. Yeah, I'm I'm usually good with that. So. Well, speaking of Christmas, we can move on into our main topic. So, the main topic for the week is the 1989 movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, it was directed by Jeremiah Chichik. Is that how you say his last name? Um, Ch- just... Chichik? Chichik? I don't know. Chichik? Um, sure. We'll just, call, we'll just say that. Because <laughs> you know how we're both really great at pronouncing names. Yes. Um, well, the plot for the movie is the Griswold's family's that the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turns into a big disaster. Uh, the cast is Chevy Chase as Clark W. Griswold, Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Griswold, Johnny Galecki as Rusty Griswold, Juliette Lewis as Audrey Griswold, and Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie. Um, lots of other people in there. It's a rather large cast. Those are basically like the main characters. Um, this is the third installment in the Vacation series. Uh, the first being Vacation, the second being European Vacation, and this is the third, and the last one dropped the National Lampoon's name, and it was just called Vegas Vacation. Um, kind of funny thing with this series is that in each installment, you know, you have the same Clark and you have the same Ellen, but you have a different Rusty and Audrey. Yeah, I'm I'm not the I'll definitely be forthright and say I'm not the biggest on the vacation movies, but even I noticed that. So, it, yeah, um, there's actually I think I posted it the other day. I, I watched this old baby commercial every single year because it makes me laugh. Um they have like a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, commercial for Old Navy for like sweaters, <laughs> and so they got Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo to play Clark and Ellen, and they're like putting up decorations. And Clark says, "He's like these sweaters are great, aren't they, Russ?" And they show um, Anthony Michael Hall, who was the original Rusty in Vacation. He's like, "Sure thing, Dad." And he says, "Audrey," and they go over to Juliet Lewis from this movie. And she like says, "Yeah, these are great." And then he they just keep going back and forth. They're like, "Rusty, Audrey, Rusty, Audrey," <laughs> <laughs> and they get like all the characters, all but um, they didn't have Johnny Galecki from Christmas Vacation, and they didn't have Audrey from European Vacation because she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming just Johnny Galecki was cost too much or something, maybe. Dude, I just realized. Like, who Johnny Galecki is? Oh yeah, he's he's Leonard from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, I totally did not 
pick up on that when I watched the movie. I, I told my wife, like, so the first time I watched this and I figured out who he was, I was like, oh, man, it's David from Roseanne. And it's like, now I watch it. I'm like, oh, man, it's Leonard from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we could get into, um, you know, some kind of scenes and everything and how the movie plays out. Uh, so, you know, it starts off there. The Griswold family is going out in the middle of nowhere to get a Christmas tree. Um, they're singing like Christmas carols and stuff. And, you know, just dealing with this kind of jerk that's tailgating them on the road. Uh, they pass each other back and forth a few times. And um, in typical Clark Griswold fashion, he tries to merge over and he gets under a semi. <laughs> and everybody's freaking out. And he just like whips back over and. Well, his wife is like saying the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> they just launch right into the the Christmas tree farm they're going to. Uh, you know, they go out in the middle of the woods. They're looking for the tree, and they're walking for a long time. And everybody's complaining, and except for Clark, who's just so excited to be doing this with his family. And that's kind of just like a recurring thing like, through the series. Everybody is just miserable, except for Clark, who's just loving it because he just he's like the ultimate family man. He just wants everything to be perfect. He just wants to spend time with his family and just, uh, have memories and everything to reminisce about later. It's yeah. It's just kind of like a recurring thing through the series, but they, they finally get way out there and he finds the perfect tree. And the thing is enormous. And, uh, Rusty actually makes a, a quote he's like dad he's like that thing is too big for our yard and he's like what's well, not going in our yard russ it's going in our living room <laughs> <laughs> so he decides he's gonna take that one and um rusty says dad did you bring a saw and then he realized it didn't bring a saw so like the next scene to show is this enormous tree strapped to the roof of their car and um it's kind of hilarious how they show the whole thing because, you know, the camera starts at the beginning of the car and it slowly drives by. You can see that the tree is like bigger than the car is and it gets to the back end of the car and like the whole root ball of the tree is there. So like somehow they dug it up. <laughs> yeah, because that was fr- digging frozen ground is somehow easier than going back to get the chainsaw or something. Oh, uh, digging frozen ground on a 20 foot tree. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Somehow that was easier. Like, and they didn't have any tools. So how did they dig that up? Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, I don't know if anyone has ever dug up a tree, but I swear that cutting through roots is more difficult than like just chopping a tree down. Oh, for sure. Digging up stumps is like one of the hardest things ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they get the tree home and everything, and they have it sitting in the driveway, and Clark comes out and he cuts the. Um, like the roots off, and <laughs> comes out with a chainsaw and a hockey mask on, and this is where we get to meet the neighbors, uh, Todd and Margot. Uh, Margot is played by Julia Louis Dreyfus from Seinfeld. She was Elaine, um, <laughs> and they're like your stereotypical kind of like yuppie, um, Dink family, health conscious. The what? Dink family. Do you know what Dink is? Um, dual income, no kids. Oh, yeah. 
that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so basically just, you know, snobby, uptight yuppies. Uh, and they <laughs> they obviously don't care much for Clark. And uh, Todd says to Clark, he's like, hey, Griswold, he's like, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? And Clark says to him, bend over and I'll show you. Todd says back, uh, you know, you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. And Clark says, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> and they just kind of like look at each other. And, <laughs> and he puts the, the mask back on and he cuts the the, the roots off the tree. And um, next thing of the show, they're putting it in the house. And uh, <laughs> it's obviously like way too tall for the living room. But the, the top is like bent over. Uh, it's filled up the whole corner of the living room. And uh, Clark cuts the ropes and like the branches shoot out and bust out the windows of the house and everything. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Cause he's just like, he's like, you know, it's not big. It's just a little full. He's like, there's lots of sap, a little full, lots of sap. <laughs> Basically he's just like engulfed by the tree in a quarter. Uh, and then they show uh, Clark and Ellen in bed, kind of talking about how Clark invited his parents over and his aunt and uncle for Christmas. And then she informs him like, Hey, my parents are coming too. Is that okay? And he's like, Oh yeah, that's fine. He's like, we're just gonna have a big old fashioned family Christmas. And he's okay with it. She's not feeling like the best about it, but he's like, everything will be fine. It's like, it'll be great. The more the merrier. Um, basically like, you know, the next scene they show, um, Clark at work and he explains to a friend of his like he's waiting for his bonus because he's going to buy a pool for the family. And um, well, he already show... put the uh, down payment thing or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, he put down seven grand on it and he doesn't have the money to cover it in his account. Yeah, so he's really banking on having that that bonus to help cover that check. Yeah, that's a freaking good bonus. Jeez. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had anything that has rivaled that. Uh, (laughs) But this is where we get to meet um, Clark's boss. And for the life of me right now, I I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, Frank Shirley? Yeah, Mr. Shirley. Okay. Yeah, okay. So we find out that Clark works for a company that um, makes like different like food safe chemicals and things like that. And uh, Mr. Shirley is played by Bill Murray's brother. Did you know that was Bill Murray's brother? What? No, I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. He's been in a few movies with Chevy Chase. Uh, Most notably, probably Caddyshack. He was the, like the head of the Caddyshack. Okay. It's really easy to tell with his voice in movies. Um, Oh yeah. He's, he's very distinct and he, he always, is recognizable. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but there's a funny scene that happens where Mr. Shirley is asking for Clark to give him like some paperwork on some new, uh, chemical he made to keep cereal crunchy and milk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he's like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And, um, he like walks off into his 
his meeting, and he's got like this trail of like lackeys with him that are just like you know, yes men, and uh, it's funny because Clark is like, <laughs> as each guy passes, is like Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss your ass, kiss his ass, Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that scene happens, that, that every time I watch it, it just makes me laugh. Um, uh, it kind of goes every time like a new day starts. It's pretty cool because like they show what we assume is is Clark's hand opening up another window on like this big advent calendar he's got. That's supposed to be like a like a huge like Christmas house or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it helps us kind of follow. Uh, the progression to the Christmas holiday. Um, I always enjoyed that. So you can kind of keep track of what days they're at. <laughs> but um, the next thing they, they show is that Clark goes Christmas shopping with Rusty and he has like this awkward conversation with this this woman in the um, women's department of the mall. And <laughs> She's, like, trying to help him find underwear, and he's just, like, rambling on about things, and she's, like, very, very attractive, and so he's just saying, like, stupid stuff, how it's, like, nipply outside, and (laughs) (laughs) it's just really awkward and funny, Um, and it's just, like, a typical Chevy Chase scene, I guess. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah, like, you've seen some of it in, like, Caddyshack and... um, Fletch. I don't have you ever seen Fletch before? Uh I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Yeah, that's I mean if you haven't seen all the something that you should watch, that's a pretty good one. Um you know, kind of a short scene. It, you know, they they show kind of like a little bit later on or like the next day where everybody's just kind of preparing for like the family to show up. The family shows up and it's just a a loud, crazy mess of people coming in. You know, you got the in-laws and Clark's family and everybody's arguing and stuff already. And it's just, you get a lot of kind of like too much information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people talk about their medical problems and how Ellen's mother has hemorrhoids and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And it's just kind of funny, like weird, quirky conversations and... Clark's just like, okay. He's like, I'm going to go outside, park the cars. He's like, I'll probably just be outside until the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes Rusty outside with him, and they start trying to decorate the house. Uh, it's hilarious because Clark brings out this big box of lights, and he's like, okay, this is the, the last box of lights here. And he grabs a strand and pulls it in, like this huge ball about the size of a beach ball comes out and just lights and he hands it the rusty he's like okay just a little knot here i'll let you work on that <laughs> uh that's always my fear when i pack up my lights after christmas that oh, like yeah. the next year i'm just gonna like pull this huge ball at kurt clark griswold and have to go through it all but uh this kind of starts with um a recurring thing to the movie where clark is obsessed with having like the best light display in the neighborhood. So he's like going all through all hours of night, putting all these lights up, 
just completely covering his house. Like the roof is completely covered. Um, side of the house is completely covered. And it's pretty much like every square inch of the house has lights on it. Um, he goes, calls everyone out in the front yard to turn on the lights. Uh, he plugs it in. Nothing happens. And <laughs> uh, his dad, who's kind of like a minor character, but he's got some funny quotes in it. He's like, you know what, son? He's like, it's probably just a one ball went bad. Because you know when one bulb goes bad, the whole thing doesn't want to work. He's like, if I was you, I would personally check every single one. He's like, if you need any help, I'll be inside sleeping. That <laughs> 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 always just makes me laugh. And, you know, Clark, just being obsessed with it, goes through, checks every bulb again. and um, Well, I think one he, thing, too, though, is that it's just not the lights, though. <clears throat> that's like the whole christmas experience as a whole because the obsession with the christmas tree and the obsession with the lights and i mean just wanting everything to go well um but yeah he's he's obsessed about every facet of it so oh yeah he just wants everything to go off as planned he wants everything to be perfect he wants everybody to have like the best christmas ever and that just like feeds into the clark griswold character from the other movies where um, you know you want to have like the best vacation ever, and nothing ever goes right, and then they won this trip to all these different places in Europe off a game show, and you know nothing ever goes right with that and anything, and that's kind of how Vegas vacation goes too. Just it's always Clark wanting everything to be perfect, trying to like overplan everything, and he has such high expectations for stuff that nothing could ever live up to it which is referenced a few times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ellen says that to him, and he's just like, you know, when have I ever done that? And she's like, anniversaries, weddings, open houses. <laughs> and she just like goes on and on and on with the trail and stuff. And there's a part too, where Rusty says something to him, like, uh, you know, he's like, you know, dad, He's like, maybe you're stressing out about this too much. And he says, he's like, Rusty, when have I ever done that? And Rusty just kind of looks at him and smirks and nods his head. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so the lights aren't coming on. And, you know, he's a little calm about it the first time. But it happens a couple time, more times in the movie. Um, kind of next memorable thing we get is like the morning comes and Clark is taking gifts and he's hiding him in the attic well, his mother-in-law comes out and she's like oh where's that draft coming from so she goes and closes the attic door and Clark can't get out nobody hears him yelling for help or anything and they all leave to go shopping so he's stuck in the attic by himself um, yeah we get a little Chevy Chase slapstick stuff happening like he steps on boards that smack him in the face he breaks through the ceiling in Rusty's room. Uh, and then, you know, he grabs a whole bunch of like old clothes or in a chest up there, a bunch of old like women's clothes to keep warm. And he starts watching family videos from like past Christmases, like from the 50s and everything when he was a kid. And he's kind of reminiscing over the whole thing. And, uh, you know, they come home and they open up the, Ellen opens up the attic and 
Clark was sitting on the door, so he falls through and everything. So the, you get kind the, of a funny thing to that. What were you going to say? The favorite thing, actually, from the whole attic scene for me was where he because he was up there because he was hiding gifts. Yeah. And he found the old gift for like a Mother's <laughs> yes. Day or something. It was a Mother's Day from six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that I I got a good laugh out of that because I was just like, yep, I've I've done. I mean, I it wasn't like six years, but I was just like, I've hidden stuff and kind of forgotten about it. So I've done that before too. Like I got my dad something and I hid it, which was just dumb. I mean, I was a kid, so I thought you like had to hide your gifts. Like my dad was never gonna go around looking for gifts. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided to hide it, and I didn't find it until, like, Christmas Eve or something like that. So I had to, like, hurry up and wrap it and put it under the tree. Nice. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of done something like that. So it's kind of one of those things that everybody can relate to. Yeah. Um, so this is the second time we get to see Clark working on the lights. Um, and, you know, he's trying to plug him in. He checked every bulb, and, you know, things still aren't working. So he tries to set up like the little sand on the reindeer with the floodlights. Uh, he can't get those to work either, and he start. You can see Clark start get frustrated. Um, and his mom, I think, goes out in the garage and flips flips a switch, and the lights come on for a second. Clark calls um, Ellen out to take a look. She comes out and looks, and the light switch got flipped off, so they go off again. He starts losing his mind. He runs up, and he punches the plastic Santa, and he's, like, karate chopping the reindeer's antlers off and <laughs> just <laughs> losing his mind, and everybody comes out to see what the commotion is, and they see him just, like, going nuts, and uh, they're all starting to worry about him and everything, and... Um, So Ellen finally figures out what, what's going on is that every time the, cause you have to have like the switch on in the garage for the lights to come on. And it's when she goes out there and flips it. We can see how many cords that Clark has plugged into like two sockets. <laughs> <laughs> like if you did it in real life, your house would just burst up in flames. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it always cracks me up. And I watched this movie one time with, at my in-laws and my father-in-law is an electrician and that part always just makes him laugh because you know he knows how like dangerous it is to have all that stuff plugged in <laughs> but, so going through all that he finally gets the lights to come on everybody comes out and you know clark's just in his element he's just so happy that everybody enjoys the house and uh he's going around you know telling everybody how much they mean to him and everything and uh, he walks up and he's like, he's talking to everyone. He's not paying attention. He just starts talking to cousin Eddie that he's like, wait a minute, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, cousin Eddie just, he just shows up with his family out of nowhere, kind of just invites himself. And I mean, if you've ever seen National Lampoon's Vacation, you know what kind of character uh, cousin Eddie is. He is like a complete hillbilly. Um, and I don't know, his family is just as redneck as they come. And he's really annoying, but he, he means well. He's just kind of dumb and doesn't know like the social dorms. But he just 
annoys Clark to no end. Uh, so now they got like the house completely full and they've got like this crazy ugly RV that Eddie drove there from his home over in Nevada <laughs> drove all the way to Illinois to just crash Clark's Christmas um, but you know and I can't believe he didn't mention when Clark was setting up the lights and how he fell off the ladder and all that kind of stuff it, he started falling off the roof and grabbed the, the um, gutter, the gutter mm-hmm. and like that chunk of ice flew through the neighbor's window and like destroyed their destroyed their stereo. <laughs> oh, it was a chunk of oh, I thought part of the gutter went in there. No, it was like a chunk of ice that was in the gutter. Oh, okay. So that's what, like when it flew in, it hit the stereo and like exploded the stereo and then the ice melted, so that's why the the carpet was wet. Okay, so I was so confused because I was like, how can they not, like, tell? Okay. Yeah, because that's when um, Margo's just like, then why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and when, you get to see another, like, scene with them, too, when Clark flips the lights on it, just, like, blinds them, and, uh, you know, Todd falls down the stairs with the with his wine and everything, and they just like ruin the carpet. And you just get to see as the movie goes on just how these neighbors just hate Clark <laughs> and like all the stuff that he does to them, like without even knowing that he's doing it to them. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, and after Eddie and his family show up, they show the next night they they go sledding and. Clark's got like this metal saucer and he's spraying some stuff on it and he's saying it's like a new kitchen lubricant that his company made that's supposed to be like 500 times slicker than um, any like cooking spray. And he's he's like, okay, I'm going to go for the, the land speed record. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets at the top of the hill and he takes off in a, the saucer and it's just like a rocket shooting off. <laughs> <laughs> so Clark's going like probably like 300 miles an hour on this on the sled, plowing through snowdrifts and weaving in and out of trees. And uh, he keeps going and going and going, and finally he comes to a stop when he runs into like a donation bin or something like that in the parking lot of a Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love how they act like uh, cousin Eddie and all the kids were able to see him crash because if he was traveling <laughs> that fast for that long, he would have been like in the next county. Oh, I know too. It's hilarious. Uh, another a great Eddie quote when they get ready, when he gets ready to take off and he's just like, don't put any of that on my sled, Clark. He's, you know that metal plate in my head? And he's like, yeah, how could I forget? He's like, well, I had to go to the VA and they replaced it with plastic on account of every time my wife would start the microwave, it's like I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so they had to replace it with a plastic one. And I don't want, um, you can say, I don't want to chance it with just having a piece of government plastic between my brains and the ground here. And Clark says, he's always saying like terrible stuff to Eddie, but he doesn't ever really pay attention to when he says it. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, do you think it would really matter, Eddie? He's like, well, it's not just that. He's like, 
this plate is under um is on this side of my head and that's right under where my part is at so if this thing's get dented it's like my hair is just not gonna look right <laughs> <laughs> oh god that randy quaid as cousin eddie is just great in oh, all yeah. the movies because he's in three of the the vacation movies. The only one he's not in is in uh, the European vacation. Um, so, you know, Clark crashes into the, (laughs) into the Walmart, uh, the next day they show Clark at work and he's in his office and he's worried because he still hasn't gotten his bonus yet. And his friend at work is telling him, you know, my son got a, a letter from the company, like, uh, delivery guy. So I'm assuming that's what it is. Hopefully yours is waiting there for you. And did you notice who his friend at work was? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, He's the guy that plays Chandler Bing's boss. Like he's yes. him on the butt all the time. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Oh, that's funny because I figured you would figure that out because, uh, you know, you're a friend of or a fan of friends. Yeah, and my yeah. wife is obsessed with this, so. Yeah, I, I pointed that out to Lauren this year, and she's like, oh my god, that is that guy, isn't it? <laughs> I, I knew he was from Friends, but I was trying to remember what guy he was. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the boss that smacks everybody on the butt. Um, so, we get a really, after that, we get another funny scene. Um, that's really all they show for that day. So it's like the next morning, uh, Clark comes downstairs and he's looks into the the kitchen or looks looks into the dining room. And the whole family's like arguing over breakfast and yelling at each other. Like the dads are yelling at each other for who's sitting where and everything. And Clark just gets his look on his face, like I'm staying away from that. And he goes and he looks out the front window, and Ellen walks up and. She's like, yeah, all right. And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. He's like, I'm just looking at an imbecile here emptying a um, a chemical toilet into a a sewer. And they show Cousin Eddie, and this is like one of the most famous parts of this movie. They show him like in his underwear with a robe, and he's smoking a cigar, drinking a beer, and he's emptying the chemical toilet from his RV into the the storm sewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that time where, like when Todd comes out to take a run, he starts sniffing around and he's like, Oh my gosh. He gets, like he gets this look at his face and he looks over and he sees Eddie just like scratching himself, smoking his stogie and like drinking his beard. And he waves at him. He's like, Merry Christmas. Shitter was full. <laughs> <laughs> Todd just like gives him this look like, Oh my God, who is this guy? But and Clark says, uh, Ellen's like, he doesn't know any better, you know, Clark. Um, it's good. It's going to be okay. Clark's just like, I just feel sorry for whoever lights a match around that area because it's just a, a storm sewer and he's putting like toxic gases into it. Um, you know, whoever lights a match around that's going to blow up. Um, and later that day, uh, Clark goes shopping with Eddie, and they're you know they're talking about how you know Clark hasn't got his bonus yet, and he's waiting for it, and 
Eddie's talking about, it's like, ah, yeah, I know times are tough for us. You know, we just kind of um, rolled in on fumes to your guys' place. And, you know, I didn't trade my, I traded my house for the RV to a friend. Um, you know, that's our house now. And um, Clark says something about, you know, Ellen and I have been talking and we want to make sure that your kids have a good Christmas. So we're willing to, you know, get them some gifts and everything. And Eddie's just like, Oh, that's, that's great. Clark. And he's like, I really appreciate it. And he, he takes up this list out of his pocket of like all the stuff that he's like, well, this is what my wife wants. And this is what <laughs> <laughs> my kids want. And it's funny because I've seen this movie lots of times, but I think it was just last year was the first time I noticed that when they're shopping, Eddie's just loading the cart with all dog food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He loads in like a six pack of like wet dog food cans. He loads in like a bag of dog chow and then two bags of old Roy dog food. <laughs> And then it's like another like probably fifty pound bag of dog food on top of it, and all he's got is that one Rottweiler. Snot. Yes, not the Rottweiler. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide they're going to get the kids gifts and everything, and Eddie's all for it. Um, you know, Clark kind of got the idea that they didn't have money to get the kids gifts because he spoke with. Eddie's daughter in the middle of the night. Um, she couldn't sleep because they were worried about not getting anything for Christmas. So they decided that, you know, they're going to get the kids some gifts. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we see is Christmas Eve. They're getting all set up and everything. And this is where we get to be Aunt Edna and Uncle Lewis. Oh yeah, and <laughs> wait—is it uh, wait—is it Aunt Edna? What's her? Or was it Aunt Beth? Bethany. I don't know where I got Edna from. Yeah, Aunt Bethany. Edna so get, sounds more appropriate, but yeah. <laughs> so we get to be uh, Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis, and they're just like this hilarious old couple. She is just completely senile and pretty much deaf, and. Uncle Lewis is just like this crotchety old man who wears a toupee and smokes a cigar. And he has got one of the most like distinct voices. Like Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen any other movie that this guy's in, you know exactly who he is just from his voice. Um, She's always like, just saying like this random off the wall stuff. And it's funny when they're like walking up to the house because they had all the lights on and she's like, is your house on fire, Clark? <laughs> he's like, no, Bethany, those are the lights. And she's like, is Rusty still in the Navy? <laughs> and then she asked uh, Ellen if uh, her and Clark are still dating. And she th- has this idea that they're moving into a new house. Lewis is like, they're not moving into a new house. <laughs> but she hands over like the gifts and she like wrapped up her jello mold and uh, wrapped up her cat. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I was just like, just take it out to the garage or take it out to the other room and unwrap it. He's like, well, then we'll have a cat running around the house. It's like, well, we can't leave it wrapped up in a box, so there's really nothing else we can do. Uh, so, like, the cat ends up going and, like, messing with the lights on the tree and starts chewing on the lights and it pulls the cord out and Clark sees the tree go out. So he goes and he plugs it back in and at that moment, like, the cat bites into the cord and gets, like, electrocuted under the chair. <laughs> It's hilarious because him and Eddie moved the chair out of the way, and there's just like a cat shaped black mark with like white <laughs> fur freckled all over it. Yeah. In the carpet. And Eddie's like, if that thing had nine lives, it just spent them all. <laughs> That's one of my favorite quotes right there. Yeah, that always cracks me up too. And they, they haul the the chair out to the, the trash, and, and Eddie says, he's like, you know, if you don't mind, Clark, he's like, I'd like to try to fumigate this chair. It's a high-quality item. <laughs> and, like, and the chair's, like, completely, like, burnt underneath, and it's just singed everywhere. It's completely ruined, but he wants to keep it. Uh, so, <laughs> they finally uh, sit down, you know, to have dinner, and they got, like, this big, nice turkey, and Clark's like, you know, if this tastes as good as it looks we're really in for a treat and he cuts into it with a knife and it just like exp- it's like deflates or something and it's just completely dried out inside it reminds me of the um oh man now i can't even think of what's called the skull thing the the things from alien oh like the pods yeah the pods that the, like the um the face grabber comes out of yeah, the face hugger. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of too, because it's gonna goes and it yeah. curls open. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention before that. So they have Aunt Bethany do um, the blessing before the meal, and she gives grace and she does the pledge of allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just kind of looks around. It's like, okay, the senile old lady, <laughs> just go with it. Uh, yeah, so they cut the turkey and it pops open. They can see like everybody like try to eat it. It's just crunchy, and there's a part that makes me laugh where they they pan over to Clark and he's just like chomping super fast and takes like a big chug of water to try to get it to go down. And <laughs> oh, it's just hilarious. But um, there's a part where Eddie's dog is like hacking under the table and. And Clark asks what's going on, and Eddie's like, oh, he's just yakking on a bone. And, like, you hear, like, a barfing noise, and he's like, oh, he coughs it up. Yeah, yeah, Clark's like, well, maybe if you didn't feed him from the table. And Eddie's just like, no, no, he was probably just rummaging through the trash. <laughs> <laughs> so they go in the kitchen, and there's just trash all over the place that the dog went through, and they're cleaning it up. And while they're cleaning it up, Uncle Lewis, like, calls the Clark, and it, it, that part always cracks me up. He's just like, hey, Grizz, if you're not doing anything constructive, why don't you bring me my stogie? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is there anything else I can do for you, Uncle Lewis? And, <laughs> and I was just like, be nice. You know, it might be his, one of his last Christmases. He's like, if he keeps it up, it's going to be his last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and gets Lewis's cigar. Lewis is smoking it and 
they got like the window open or something like that. And you can see the gas is coming from the storm sewer from when Eddie dumped his chemical toilet into it. And uh, Lewis opened up the window because he's smoking a cigar and he throws his uh, match outside and it makes the tree blow up. Like the gas comes into the house and blows their tree up. Uh, and Lewis is like, that catches on fire and he doesn't notice. <laughs> so Clark like, starts freaking out and he goes out into the yard and cuts on one of the trees and brings it in. Um, and Ellen's just like, was that really necessary? Did you need to do that? And he's like, well, he's like, we needed a tree and Lewis blew up mine. So I replaced it the best I could. <laughs> uh, and you can see like, he's starting to snap because he first says we needed a coffin. I mean, a tree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she walks off and he goes downstairs and he grabs like the newel post and it starts wobbling and it just irritates him. So he gets a chainsaw, it cuts it off and it falls down the stairs. It's like the newel post is fixed. <laughs> uh, so they like decorate the new tree and everything. And they put their, what's left of their gifts under there because most of them got blown up by the fire. And uh, they're sitting and playing games and, Aunt Bethany is just like, does anybody hear that noise? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? And Lewis is like, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, no, there's like a funny squeaky noise. And somebody else hears it too. And Clark's like, goes up the tree and he's trying to check it out. He pulls a couple branches away and a squirrel jumps out. <laughs> and everybody freaks out and runs out of the room. And they just like leave Clark's mom behind. <laughs> it's just like laying on the floor and they can't find the squirrel. And uh... Oh man, how did I forget before this whole thing? So before he cuts down the tree, uh... Clark gets his bonus. Wait, it's before the tree? Was it before the tree? No, that's one yeah. of the last things. Okay, yeah, so it's after the tree, but before he cuts down the new one. Mm. Yeah, because he was looking, because Eddie just, like, disappears. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, before, like, the squirrel, uh, Clark gets his his bonus, and he goes on, like, this huge rant about because you know, he opens it up and it's like a, before he reads it, he's like, I'm going to put in a pool and I'm going to invite all you here to, to christen it. And he's like, hey, we're going to have like a big party and everything. And everybody's all excited. And he's, he's like, I've just been waiting for this check. I'm sorry if I've been short with everybody. And he opens it up and it's obvious it's not a check. And he's like, it's a one year subscription to the jelly of the month club. And, <laughs> everybody's gets quiet and Eddie's just like, he's like, Clark, that's the, the gift that just keeps get, keeps on giving year round. And <laughs> he's like, that it is Edward. That it is. <laughs> but then he just goes off in his rant about his boss. And he's like, if anybody's looking for a last minute gift for me, I'd like to have my boss, Mr. Shirley right here in front of me with a big bow on his head. So I can tell him like how, um, 
um, how terrible he is and how much of a piece of crap he is. And he goes off like all the like word after word after word, typical Chevy Chase rant. Right. And um, everybody's trying to get him to calm down and everything. And um, that's when that's when like the squirrel comes out and everything after he's calmed down, everybody's relaxing because they're hiding around the corner and Clark's just like, where's Eddie? Like he normally eats these things. And his wife's like, well, not lately since he read that they're high in cholesterol. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, we need to formulate a plan. And Clark just turns around and he's like looking like off in the distance. He goes, Russ. And, uh, like Russ is standing right next to him. He's like, yeah, I'm right here, dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he looks at he's like oh yeah <laughs> so they come up with a plan where um clark and his dad are gonna go in he's gonna throw his coat on it and they're gonna hit it with the hammer and the squirrel ends up being on clark's back and he runs up the stairs everybody's running away and he comes down and then snot starts chasing the squirrel and he destroys almost everything in the house uh, and margo comes to like bitch out Clark for wrecking their stereo and for breaking the window with the tree that he cut down. And when the door opens, uh, the squirrel jumps out and lands on her. And uh, Snot dives on the squirrel and just like attacks her. <laughs> and uh, it's right around this time when Eddie shows up and. He's got Mr. Shirley and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, here's your, here's your gift, Clark. This is what you wanted. And they're trying to, he said he's going to press charges and everything. And he's just like, you know what? This isn't Eddie's fault. This is mine. He's, you know, he's, he's kind of a simple guy. He just, you know, his heart's bigger than his brain. He took what I said out of context and he brought him over here. He's like, but you take it away, the Christmas bonus was a terrible thing, and when people depend on it and all that. Um, uh, so then, like, the cops show up, and, like, the SWAT team comes in and uh, breaks down all the windows and everything, and they're going to arrest them. And Mr. Shirley's like, no, it's just all a big misunderstanding. He's like, I tried to take away the Christmas bonus and Mr. Shirley's wife like gives him a bunch of crap for that. He's like, Clark, I'm sorry I did that. And it's just, you know, I see how it affects like the little people. It's like, it really makes you think. And he's like, whatever you had last year, just add like 20% to it. And, um, so that's kind of like the happy ending for the movie. And everybody goes out into the front yard and, uh, Lewis goes to light another cigar and he throws the match and it uh, blows up the gas again. He goes flying and it sends the plastic Santa up in the air. And then uh, Aunt Bethany starts singing uh, the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole family just starts singing the national anthem and the cops and Mr. Shirley and like everybody around in the neighborhood that's outside starts singing it. And at the end she goes, play ball. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of the end of the movie and they're kind of just all standing outside just having a moment and Clark just kind of looks up to the sky and he's like I did it 
it was like the perfect Christmas. I did it. <laughs> and that's how the movie comes in. And, um, I don't know. Was there any, what are your like famous, your favorite parts of this? Uh, you know, I mentioned some quotes, but did you have some famous, or I keep trying to say famous, some favorite quotes? Famous, famous, famous. Um, you know, I mean, just like as a whole from the thing, it just, it kind of makes me laugh because I mean, most of the time you think about, there are all these now, granted, you know, I, I am really kind of curious on maybe what I missed as a kid. You know, like things you didn't pick up on, but, uh, and I know like this movie, essentially in these cases, they try to take all the bad experiences and put them into one just to make a funny movie. But it's just like, you know, our Christmases were not really that bad. Um, there was no real terrible drama. I mean, gosh, I feel like up until like between seven and 10 or something like that, um, on my mom's side of the family, all the aunts, uh, uh, her and her sisters and their families all came together. So we had a lot of people together for the holidays, but you know, nothing crazy happened. And so just kind of thinking about, uh, the crazy experiences. Cause I know, I mean, I know that I know, no things happen, but I've always, even though I've never had bad experiences, but I guess it kind of gets you in the mindset because you watch movies like this about, you know, like people missing the holidays or not being there or something going wrong. It is not my goal ever in my entire life to try to have some sort of big family holiday (laughs) experience. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, last year I think was the closest thing that we'll have to any kind of big holiday experience where it's just like, and it was just for the day, like nobody spending the night, nobody, nothing. Fortunately, thankful cross fingers. We don't have to do that. But, um, my in-laws came over and then my brother-in-law, his family came over for like eight hours of the day and Mm -hmm. we celebrated Christmas, did that whole thing. And then like everybody left. And then I watched it a movie and experience with this where it's just like total insanity. But yeah, um, at the end when he was saying, um, you know, I did it, I feel like it was um, more so the accomplishment of surviving Christmas than anything. Because, yeah, that was far from anything with the <laughs> per- perfect or going over smoothly. So. Yeah. That's the way I took it, and just like in Clark's crazy mind, to him that was perfect because it all ended like everybody was happy. I guess how he, he wanted, got, like his yeah. yeah, he got his bonus and everything. Um, uh, yeah, that's forget uh, the aspect that he would probably have to spend half his bonus to fix his house. Right? Yeah, that's pretty much. All the damage he does to the house with the tree, with the SWAT team breaking through. You know, he broke through the ceiling of Rusty's room when he was in the attic. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I mean, (laughs) some of the other favorite quotes I had, I used a lot of them when I was just talking about the movie. Um, There's a part, the part where Eddie shows up and Clark finally realizes, like, Eddie's there. And he's just like, Eddie? Eddie? And um, Eddie says, you surprised to see us, Clark? Clark says, Eddie, if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that one always makes me laugh. Um, a lot of mine are just like dialogue back and forth between Clark and Eddie. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a part two where they're talking after they go inside and Clark's like, can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out in the middle of nowhere? Leave you for the dead? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nah, I'm doing fine just right here, Clark. Just happy to be here. <laughs> That's like, goes back to what I was saying earlier, like how he'll say just terrible things to Eddie and they just go right over his head because he's either not paying attention or Clark just kind of sneaks it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other two of my favorite quotes are um, the two rants that Clark has. So <laughs> I'm not going to edit these or anything because I feel like it takes away from the impact of what they have. Uh, and this is really similar to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles mm-hmm. and how this movie could easily be PG-13 until it gets to some of these rants. Yeah. And Actually, when we did the Play Streams and Automobiles episode, we talked about how Steve Martin's rant with uh, dropping like 18 F-bombs in it reminded us of Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. And so the first one he has when he's talking about the last minute gift, he says, hey, if any of you are looking for a last minute gifts idea for me, I have one. I'd like to have Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. I want to look him straight in the eye. And I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-fleshed, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, sloppy-lipped, Worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the title? It <laughs> <laughs> uh, just Chevy Chase losing his mind and that always cracks me up. Uh, and the other rant he has, I kind of glossed over when we were talking about the tree. Um, after the tree blows up and Clark cuts down the other one, like the in-laws try to leave. Mm-hmm. And Clark like gets in front of the door. He's like, where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking on to this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no. We're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on. We're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes this fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. (laughs) 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 That's what his father-in-law is just like. He's like, you're cuckoo. And he's like, don't piss me off, Art. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, And that's like his father-in-law just says like crappy stuff to him the whole time. This is like the only time he really stands up for himself. (laughs) Yeah. That just cracks me up. He just loses it. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's just like, uh, I, I would totally in that situation too lose it, but... I don't know. I've always been, and I I know I feel like we've talked about this before. I'm very um, specific under what circumstances I lose it. So I would yeah. like go outside, go to the garage, do something of that sort. And people <laughs> would probably know something is happening. They might even hear some stuff, but I don't know. It would it would take special circumstances for me to have a meltdown in front of people. <laughs> Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I might like raise my voice or like throw things around or something, but I'm not gonna like have a huge blow up like that. Um, I mean, I know you kind of just like go off and punch dance out your rage, <laughs> <laughs> like Footloose. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, was there any um, other scenes or quotes that you had? Uh, no, nothing specific. I mean, I just, just in general with this movie, I can't remember the last time I watched the, the whole movie entirely. Yeah. Um, because it's another one of those movies that's kind of like a Christmas story. Um, I feel like a Christmas story is the most notorious, where it's just like you see bits and pieces of it every year. Yeah. Um, but you don't know the last time that you actually watched the movie from start to finish. So, right. Yeah. yeah it's when it's on a lot during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it has been for years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic. The acting is pretty good in it. Um, like I said, Chevy Chase, when he loses his mind, and goes on rants. It's, it's always pretty funny. Um, I mean, the vacation movies are kind of notorious for those. There's always a scene where Clark just loses it. Um, you know, things aren't going his way. Like, every little thing he does just blows up in his face. And then he starts, like, he always goes on this big rant where he swears a lot. And it's, I don't know, it's always just funny. And they come out of nowhere. Uh, uh, and I mentioned how Randy Quaid as Eddie is just great. Um, I guess he's, he's probably, like, one of the most quotable characters ever. Like in a comedy, I feel like, where most of like his dialogue he has in this movie is pretty quotable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Vegas Vacation as well. Um, and the original Vacation, I mean, he was funny and kind of quirky, but he didn't have like too many funny quotes. But in Christmas Vacation and Vegas Vacation, I feel like he he has some pretty funny quotes and moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as like having, I feel like this one, Rusty was a, a more of a main character than he was in the other movies. And I don't know if it's just because I think Johnny Galecki was probably the best actor out of the whole bunch okay. of Rusty's. Um, I mean, Anthony Michael Hall, he was a little more known after he did Vacation. Um you know, he was in all the John Hughes movies, which, I mean, Vacation, Christmas Vacation, all those were um, John Hughes movies as well. Uh, and in Vegas Vacation, Ethan Embry played played Rusty. He was definitely a main character in that one as well. But I don't know. I just feel like Johnny Galecki was the best of the bunch. Just his his back and forth with uh, with Clark. And kind of the, some of the mannerisms and stuff he had, he, I feel like he just took things that Chevy Chase did in his movies. And, you know, you can kind of show like, oh, it's believable that he's his son because he has some of the, the similar traits that Clark does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I mean, from there I can move on to my facts. Uh, the first one I got, so we talked about when he puts the lights up and he starts losing his mind and he punches the plastic Santa Claus. 
when he punched the Santa Claus, he actually broke his pinky finger oh my gosh. <laughs> during the freakout scene, and like that he just went on with the rest of it. And then after that, like they had to take him to the hospital and get like a cast. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you watch that, he punches that Santa pretty hard. But what's hilarious is he uses the same hand to like hit the reindeer and stuff. So I don't know if like he was just kind of wrapped up in the moment and didn't realize he did it until after. Or, or he, he is that committed. Chevy is that committed. Uh, so the scene where Ellen and Clark are laying in bed after they set the first tree up and they're, Clark's going through the magazine and his fingers like sticking to the pages because of the sap from the tree. Uh, so he's reading a People magazine and on the cover is the director of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just yeah. like a fake cover they did. And it's just a picture of like the director from the movie. Uh, so Chevy Chase throughout the movie wears a blue Chicago Bears hat that has like orange script on it mm-hmm. uh, he wore that hat in the other the other like first two vacation movies okay. it's like the exact same hat it's not even just like the style it's just like the exact same hat nice yeah uh, so Chris Columbus was originally going to be the director of this and he was a director for another John Hughes Christmas movie, which was uh, Home Alone. He was all ready to go with it. He met with the cast. And after he met with Chevy Chase, he said to John Hughes, he said, I know I need the work, but I can't work with this guy. <laughs> so he just knew that like Chevy Chase back in the 80s was notorious for being difficult to deal with. <laughs> He was very like egotistical and kind of like snarky, I guess, and just I don't know, just a pain in the butt, I guess, for directors. And that's Columbus pulled out of the movie, and that's when they gave it to that uh, Chichik guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the the scene with the SWAT uh, guys when they come in and tell everybody to freeze, and the whole family like stops. Uh, you could see that Beverly D'Angelo is grabbing Chevy Chase's crotch through the scene. What? Uh, she totally, you never saw, you never noticed that? No. He's standing there with his arms up and she's like bent over, like reaching around him, grabbing his crotch. And like, and she's like frozen. And it's funny because she like reaches out and shakes Mr. Shirley's wife's hand and then goes back and grabs his crotch again. That was totally improvised. And she just thought it would be funny, like a funny thing in the movie to see if people would notice it. And it actually like went through. Nice. Um, she just wanted to see if it would make it into the final cut. And obviously it did. Um, another kind of funny thing. So only two Christmas movies came out in 1989. It was uh, Christmas Vacation and Prancer. And Johnny Galecki was in both of those movies. Oh, really? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, so this kind of brings it in with our kind of theme with liking uh, action movies and typical guy movies and stuff. So the house that Todd and Margot live in mm-hmm. is the Murtaugh house from Lethal Weapon. Really? As soon as you said this is tied to an action movie and you mentioned their house, I was just like, is this Lethal Weapon? I seriously was thinking that. 
Yeah. That's funny. Uh, and the last one I got here, so I mentioned how Clark cut the noodle post off with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a subtle nod to your favorite Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's a scene where George goes to go up the stairs and he grabs the noodle post and it comes off in his hand and he can tell he's just frustrated with it. Um, that was this movie's nod to that where Clark just loses it and cuts the dual post off. <laughs> nice. And that is all I have for trivia. And continuing with what I was doing the last couple weeks, um, got the last segment here, which is Hanks for nothing. Oh, good. I was wondering if you remember, I forgot to ask at the beginning if you had that this week. <laughs> yes, I do. It, this one was a little bit tougher. Um, in case you guys don't know, this is the segment I try to take any movie that we review and try to tie it back to Tom Hanks in some way. <laughs> just because we both love Tom Hanks. So I just wanted to see if it was possible for me to do this. And the one I've got is John Randolph, who plays Clark's father, okay. co-starred with Tom Hanks in the 1998 movie You've Got Mail. Okay. That one's that one's not too bad. I can imagine it probably took a little while, maybe <laughs> a but... little bit. Yeah, I just tried to find ways, like okay, because you know, with planes, trains, and automobiles, the original person for Neil was going to be Tom Hanks, and then Jingle All the Way was simple because you know Rita Wilson is married to Tom Hanks. Yeah. So this one, I'm just like, okay, there's got to be somebody with all these like veteran comedians. There's mm-hmm. got to be somebody that has been in a movie with Tom Hanks because he's been in so many movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm sure it's going to get even harder as it goes on, <laughs> especially when we get into like a little more ridiculous movies, I guess. <laughs> uh, so grades. So the IMDb grade for this movie, do you have a guess? I did not look at this one, but I'm going to figure that's something like a 5.2. You are off. It is a 7.6. Really? Okay. 7.6 now, out of 10. Now, hold on. How does IMBD do it? Do, do they? Is this like uh, critics or is this, uh, do you know if it's like just any random person? I believe it is a mixture of critics and users. Okay. Um, They're usually pretty, like, I feel like they're pretty accurate because movies like The Shawshank Redemption have, like, a 9.4 or something like that. And then, you know, more terrible movies. Like, I've never really saw a good movie, like, rated under a 4.5. Okay. Well, I saw, I was looking up just kind of, like, checking out what some reviews have said and some of their thoughts and different things. And I saw a lot of them putting this at, like, a two and a half or three out of five. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, people did not like giving this movie any kind of credit. So I also got the Rotten Tomatoes score for this. Do you have any idea what you think the critics score of this would be? Probably out be, of a hundred. Uh, out of a hundred. Uh, let's go 65. That is dead on. Really? 65%. So Boom. there's also an audience score. So what do you think that is? Oh, that's probably like 80. It's 86. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> so pretty close. I was impressed that you got the critic one dead on. Um, and I guess the question of the night is, 
what do you rate this? Oh, as a movie, being a movie about movie things with movie characters, um, like not looking as a movie in general, not just a Christmas movie, I would probably go ahead. Hmm. I'll probably stick at four. Okay. Because I feel like. Yeah, I feel like five um, is, you know, something that I would say everybody's got to see or everybody would enjoy or something kind of like that. Um, so I feel pretty safe putting at four. Um, it's definitely better than three. Three is just kind of like average. And this is better than average. I was surprised at how low of a grade that some people gave it. So, yeah, I, th- I think I'm pretty good with putting out four. Yeah, I feel like some of it, like, some people maybe don't understand the humor. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they just don't like Chevy Chase or something. Because I know there's a few people that don't like Chevy Chase. But, kinda like, kinda I mean, like... for me, it's a five. You know, it's yeah. probably my favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to quote it a lot. I mean, I went and saw it in theater, and it was, I don't know, it was just fun watching it in theater with other people that really like the movie. Um, you know, everybody kind of is anticipating the jokes because it was funny. Like it would get, everybody would get like super quiet and you could feel like the anticipation for one of the jokes and then everybody would laugh. So it was a really cool kind of like atmosphere. Yeah. I know. Anyway, were you saying so? Oh, I was just going to say, I I was kind of anticipating that you were going to say B five. So, so now that the grades are out of the way, we have suggestions. So many good things. Every week that woo and the yeah, yeah, yeah makes me laugh every time. Yep. But yeah, suggestions. All right. What do you got? I was wanting to try to find something that was Christmas related, but I couldn't find something that I thought was like, you know, something that people weren't already aware of. So I, um, I found another way to tie this in. Okay. I was actually quick to think on my feet. And uh, so since uh, Johnny Galecki is in this movie, I was looking at Johnny Galecki movies. And I forgot that he is in... I really enjoyed this movie. And it's been a while since I've seen it. I know what it it is. Dang it. (laughs) I I think you do. Um, And I think I own it. I can't remember, but it's uh, it has a pretty decent cast because um, it has Dennis Leary, um, Sean Patrick Flannery, Christopher Walken, um, and then a couple others that you would probably recognize um, by their face. And that is Suicide Kings. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, and you did own that movie because I borrowed it from you one time. <laughs> oh, good. Nice. There you go. So did, the question is, did you ever give it back? <laughs> yeah, I did. You probably did. I, th- I just I burned think, it. 
Nice. I think uh, I think I I don't have my DVDs out anymore. They're like in a box here in my basement, and so I think I could probably walk over there and find it in like two seconds. But yeah, so this is it's just an interesting story. Um, really kind of keeps you guessing on what is going on. Um, oh gosh, I'm I'm having a hard time trying to remember the exact context. Um, uh, this group of friends kidnap a guy from the mafia, and I can't remember now because that's that's all the definition says. If they were trying to like get money or somebody they knew was can, I don't know. Anyways, um, but yeah, Christopher Walken, go figure, is the mafia person, and it's uh, it's entertaining. It's good. I makes me feel like kind of it would belong in the realm of like usual suspects or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, very um uh hmm, suspense non-action type drama sort of. Yeah. But yeah, thriller might be a good word too. So yeah. Uh recommend that movie this week. And that is the way that I tie it to there. I was, like I said, I was trying to go for Christmas, but uh, (laughs) all the good Christmas movies that I would recommend, I anticipate everyone already knows about anyways. So, oh yeah, most likely continuing with our quote competition. Each week we have a one-liner or a a short exchange of dialogue from a movie, and we put it up there. You guys get the vote, and we're going to see who the winner is. I can't remember who started last week. I can never remember that. Uh, Did I start? I think I started last week. Maybe you did. I'm having hard. I remember what your quote was, but I, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can go first this time. Okay. All right. So mine's a little, a little bit of a, an exchange. I'm not, I'm just going to do one person's dialogue because this is usually pretty, um, pretty recognizable. Um, sure. When I start saying this, people are going to remember, but this is from the movie elf. Then we're doing kind of, uh, you got a Christmas one too, right? Um, kind of, kind of, sort of, um, <laughs> So I focused on trying to get a Christmas one this week. And so I got mine from Elf. And this is when Buddy meets Santa, who is not Santa. Mm-hmm. And uh, he believes that's supposed to be the real Santa. But the guy's just like, you know, get away from me. I'm, you know, let me do my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then Buddy's like, well, if you're Santa, what song did I sing to you on your birthday this year? And the guy's like, happy birthday. And he's like, and kids start coming up to him and say, what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. You disgust (laughs) me. How can you live with yourself? You sit on a throne of lies. And then he, but the quote that I'm going for is what he ends with. And he goes with, you stink. You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell (laughs) like Santa. 
So that's my. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I knew you were gonna drop the beef and cheese line. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so random and weird. Uh, so mine really isn't a Christmas quote, but you know, I did one last week. I did an elf quote last week. Um, so mine comes from Lethal Weapon Two. And, you know, I guess Lethal Weapon, people are trying to, like, argue that that could be a Christmas movie because part of it takes place on Christmas. Um, I mean, that's kind of up for debate. But the one for Lethal Weapon 2 I've got, so someone rigs up explosives to Roger Murtaugh's toilet. (laughs) And he's sitting there, and Riggs is trying to help him out. And it's just, like, a straight-to-the-point quote, but it always just kind of makes me laugh just because of Danny Glover's delivery on it. He's like, gonna die on the toilet on our rigs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just makes me laugh at it. Uh, I don't, usually around Christmas time, like I start getting like a really bad cold and it makes me lose my voice. And the only thing, good thing that comes out of it is that I can usually do a pretty good um, Danny Glover impersonation. <laughs> nice. And uh, when I worked at my last job, Craig and I used to do uh, Roger Murtaugh quotes back and forth, and that was always one of our favorites. Living Life by Murtaugh. <laughs> Something like that? Uh, the Murtaugh list? Uh, not just that. Like I thought somebody did something where it was just like um, how to live life by the... Uh, you know, life lessons from Murtaugh or something like that. Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Man, I love those movies. You know, the fourth one wasn't all that great, but the the first one was awesome. The second one was pretty good. The third one was all right. Yeah, I need. A re- I was thinking about those movies the other day. Um, yeah, when you were saying people were talking about trying to make it a Christmas movie, and I was just like, I need to rewatch them. So. I'm just going to start arguing that another great Danny Glover movie is a Christmas movie. And that movie is Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> <laughs> With Dennis is, Leary. Is that on Disney Plus? Because I might have to watch that again. I it's think Ever oh, since I watched that. I think Ray, so. Ray Liotta's in it too. Yeah, I think somebody. Um, that is such a weird cast for that movie. It's a um, it's a great cast for a movie, but it's a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's a great cast, but how how were you able to spend whatever you had to spend to get those actors to be in such a terrible movie? <laughs> and it's a Disney movie. Yeah, and it's not Ugh. so. It's not even. It's not even like a bad like mafia or like action movie. It's just a bad movie. Like fine you want to say it's a disney movie and it's got a fun disney concept fine whatever but it's just like having to airdrop an elephant with that <laughs> cast like come on oh man and it's got dougie doug in it too <laughs> operation dumbo drop <laughs> oh man yeah so that would be my suggestion <laughs> nice uh yeah, it's just one of those anomalies, I guess. Great cast, weird movie. But yeah, we'll get our quotes up on Facebook, or not Facebook, on Twitter here sometime, I guess. Because, I mean, Christmas is coming up. 
busy time of year for everybody. But I will try to get those up as soon as I can. Uh, we'll get some votes going on that, and we'll see who wins this round. As far yeah. as the total score is going, uh, you're making a comeback, yes. but I think I'm still in the lead. Okay. As long as it's kind of close. Yeah, so we'll be... Um, yeah, that, that quote thing will be up whenever it gets up, but yeah, it's... Uh, we're still going to be doing stuff, but we might be doing uh, trying some different ways with things after the new year. We're probably going to be taking a... Uh, a good look at everything after the new year. And um, if anybody wants to provide feedback, we'd uh, probably be interested to hear it as we prepare for 2020. So rock. Yeah. So yeah, until next time, uh, have a Merry Christmas or happy Hanukkah or happy Kwanzaa or whatever it is you celebrate. Just happy holidays in general. Uh, be safe if you're driving anywhere, and we hope to see you guys, or hear you guys, or have you guys hear us, or however that goes. <laughs> Spend some time with us next time. Um, until then, I am Brandon, he's Caleb, and this time, it's personal. Let's go!